too. Well, good morning. All right, it's good to see everyone this morning. It is good to be here and to be feeling alive, and I don't feel like I'm in this dream and that you're all in this fog. You're actually, I can see you, and I can think clearer than I used to, so praise the Lord for that. Amen. Amen. Well, we are going to be in Galatians uh, chapter 5, verse 16, so if you want to open up your Bibles to Galatians uh, chapter 5, uh, verse 16 and 17. I'm going to talk about the fight within us this morning, the fight within me, and I'm sure it's the fight within you. I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation, Galatians 5, verse 16. Here we go. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other. So you are not free to carry out your good intentions. So I love this verse because I feel like I've lived this verse as I've been fighting to follow God with my life. And this verse is only true for a certain group of people on this earth. In God's eye, on this earth, as he looks down upon the seven billion people of the human race, he sees two groups of people. He sees the group that believe his gospel, they're children of God, they have the Holy Spirit, they're in this fight. But there's another group that have not believed the gospel yet. So they don't have the Holy Spirit yet, and they're not in this fight yet. And so in this room, there might be two groups of us in here, those who believe the gospel and those who don't believe. And so before I continue in this verse, I wanted to give a little illustration, okay? So before I became a child of God, Let's say this represents me over here. I have not believed the gospel yet. I don't have the Holy Spirit yet. I just have these sinful desires. Now, even sinful desires can make me look like a good person. I want to be a good person because everyone around me says being a good person is what a good person is. So let's try and be a good person. I can even be a good person out of the sinful desires because I want to look good. I want to be popular. But God says, when I was born on this earth, I was born separated from God. So let's say this is me separated from God, and if I'm over there, I'm with God. I'm going to have to go back in history just a little bit, so follow me here. Back in history, God created the heavens and the earth. He created the first two people, Adam and Eve, and he said, don't eat of this tree. Well, what did they do? They ate of the tree, and God says, because you disobeyed me, that act of disobedience now, there's this thing called sinful desires. There's a sin in you, upon you, however you want to explain it, there is a sin in you, and now we're separated. We're separated because of this sin. That happened over 6,000 years ago with Adam and Eve, okay? That's where the problem started. See, the solution makes no sense if, if you don't understand the problem. And so the problem is that, and so every one of their kids are now born separated. They have this sin that separates us. Now he made a promise, he said, I'm gonna send someone who's gonna take care of this problem. But until that day, I want you to offer sacrifices to me because here's the problem, your sin needs to be paid for. And the payment for sin is death. I need, so, I need blood to be shed for your sin to be paid for because either you're paying for your sin or someone else's. So until that guy comes, I want you to offer these sacrifices. They weren't this pretty and cute. But 
I want you to offer these animals. See, an animal can shed blood. Fruit does not shed blood. Grapes, bread, that doesn't shed blood. My hard work doesn't necessarily shed blood. The death of someone sheds blood. He said it's through the shedding of blood. So they offered these animal sacrifices year after year, thousands of years, but it only covered sin. It didn't pay for sin. Now this chair represents the altars that they would offer these sacrifices on. So they would put these things on an altar with stones and they would offer these animal sacrifices. And then finally, Jesus comes along where we heard earlier, God came down from heaven in the form of Jesus and Jesus is, was God and is God and he came and he walked on this earth for 33 years and then he died a sinless life. He didn't sin once. And because of that, when he died, his death is now an opportunity for everyone to believe that his sacrifice will pay for my sin. So I don't have to offer any more lambs. That's why when John the Baptist said, behold, the lamb of God, it's the final lamb. There's no more that need to be sacrificed. So basically in God's eye, either I'm standing on my altar and not Jesus, either I'm standing on my altar and I say, you know what? I don't believe this gospel thing. It's hard for my mind to wrap around it. I don't believe that this whole thing happened with God coming down. Well, in God's eye, basically you're standing on the altar and you're saying, I'll pay for my sin, whether I'll be good enough or whatever. But the problem is, is when I die, my soul leaves and he says, okay, you wanna pay for your sin? All right, I have a place for that. It's called hell. And you're gonna spend eternity paying for your sin because you chose not to believe the option I set before you. And so that's the option before the 7 billion people on this earth that he said, I am that once for all sacrifice, but only for those who believe. You say, how do I believe? I said, this is true for me. This is true. What you did on the cross is true for me. Romans chapter one, verse 16 and 17. This is the good news. There's a lot of good news out there, right? Gospel means good news. It's good news it's not raining. Uh, it's good news you didn't get in a car accident today. But the number one good news is that Jesus is there ready to pay for your sin if you will believe it to be true. Now, here's what happens. When I believed the good news of Jesus, he is on my altar, I am not on my altar. I'm gonna give an illustration of what happened in that moment. Early on in my life, I don't remember the day, but when it clicked for me, I said, that's true for me. In the eye of God, his blood now covers, covers and actually pays for all of my sin. This shirt represents the blood of Christ. You know, we, we sing these songs about blood and if you're a new guy who comes in, you're like, why do they sing about blood so much? Because it's the blood of the animals that used to be shed, but now it's the blood of Christ that pays for every single one of my sin. Every single one from before and after. You say, I sinned, I lied, well, paid for that one. The, the manipulation of your wife next week, oh, I paid for that one. All sin is paid for once and for all here. But not only that, there was a bonus. He said, not only, you know, you're just happy that your sin's paid for and you're gonna be in heaven forever. Not only that, I've given you the Holy Spirit. This yellow shirt represents the Holy Spirit. Is the Holy Spirit yellow? No, just walk with me. 
This represents the Holy Spirit. He is now put inside of you in that moment when I believe my sin is paid for with the blood and now the Holy Spirit comes inside of me and he's in me. He's not gonna leave me, Galatians 3.14. Not only that. Not only that, he said, I am calling you my son. Not only that, you're now my boy. You weren't before, you were an enemy. When I believe, when I believe the gospel, this is what became true of me. I'm no longer in the group where I didn't believe as an enemy. When you believe and say what God did on the cross, what Jesus did on the cross is true for me, boom. At that moment, I became this amazing masterpiece that he talks about in Ephesians, where look, this is what God did for me. And he said, this is how I see you now. Now, when I first believed, I didn't see myself as this. I didn't see myself as a child of God. I didn't see, I didn't really think about the Holy Spirit being in me. I didn't think about his blood covering everything because I was just a new believer. But the reason I'm sharing this with you is because this is what changed my life. I always say, Lord, I pray I'd see things as you see them. I pray I see things as you see them. And what he did is he showed me, no, you need to see yourself as I see you. Because that will give you great, great help in this fight against the flesh, the sin nature in you. So I'm going to read it again. This is for the group of us that believe the gospel. And if today is the day that it just clicked for you and believe, man, come and share that with us. You're now a child of God. And what I'm about to share in the rest of this message is true for you. But this is only for you if you have believed. If you haven't, you can see what is future for you if you ever decide to believe. But for those of you who are in here who have believed, he says this about us. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. So in my life, I had this true of me right from the beginning, right when I believed. My sin nature is like, look at porn, look at porn. No, no, no. Believe God. Lie, lie, lie. No, study God's word, read his word. Like I'm in this fight. And because I didn't know I was in this fight, I was losing it every day. Because I didn't see myself in this fight, I was losing every day. I didn't know I was losing, but I was addicted to pornography for 11 years. And the thing that got me out of it was hearing this teaching about the reality of how God sees me. Tim, there's this fight within you. And there came this point in my life where I just felt like, okay, I, you know, I have the good days, right? You go on a retreat, I go to Hume Lake, I come here, hear a great message, have a good day with God. And then the next day and the next day, we're just like fumbling around. And I'm like, man, this is a fight for every day for the rest of my life until I die. I don't wanna do this. It's so tiring. I don't know if you've ever felt that. I did. I still do at times. I'm tired of this fight. But there was a day there and I can't remember when and then I had to reaffirm that commitment and reaffirm that commitment that I'm gonna stay in this fight for the rest of my life until I die to follow the Holy Spirit's voice and say no to the sinful desires. And like Christian said earlier, there's that verse out there that always confused me with this whole thing. Am I supposed to do it? Or do I let go and let God? Do I just stand here and the Spirit just actually does it through me? I, I was wondering, and I'm talking about something I'm still learning. I'm not saying I fully get it yet. I'm just saying this is where I'm at, 40 years old, Tim Chanter, November 7, 2021. This is where I'm at. In 10 years, will be some addition to this of what I've learned. But I'm just in this process of learning. I'm sharing you with you where I'm at today and how I think of it in my life. 
the fight that we're all in. He said, abide in me and I in you. And if you abide in me and I in you, they will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Okay, so if I can't do anything, then why do we even try? If I can't do anything, why do we even try? Well, he said, I, the thing that helps me understand this most is when I stand before God and he's gonna, we're gonna look at my life and I'm not gonna be able to point the finger at the Holy Spirit and say, you didn't speak loud enough. There's no blaming the Holy Spirit at that point. No, no, what, did, what decision did you make? Well, the, the sin nature you gave me was just too strong. There's too many good things out there that pulled me. I'm not gonna blame this in nature. I'm not gonna blame the Holy Spirit. Who gets the blame? Me, Tim, there's a decision in the pe- me, the, the soul, the whatever you wanna call me. When I stand before God, it's gonna be me and him. It's not gonna be you and me and him. It's just me and him. And that, okay, so I have a decision to make. So then I started praying, Lord, I pray that you would teach me what it looks like to listen and let you guide my life because I don't know what it looks like. I see guys in the church. I see this light in their eyes. There seems to be love in that relationship, but I don't know how they got there. And I always was praying, Lord, show me, show me how you get there. And so for me, there's uh, three things up here, and this represents what helps me as I, as I go in the fight. Um, I said, Lord, what can I do to help me in this fight? And so the one thing I do uh, is I pray. Second thing I do is meditate, which is, this represents Bible study and fellowship. Meeting here, meeting with people. And I had the fellowship down. I was at the junior high group, the high school group, serving in the college group, doing the worship on the weekends, teaching. I had the fellowship down. And in these groups, we'd always say, yeah, we should have alone time with God every day. But it was just information to me. I wasn't doing it. I would do it once and then I'd forget the next day and then remember next year I was supposed to keep doing this. All right, and the next year, finally, finally my teenage years, it's like, okay, I'm gonna be serious. And I was challenged, you know, do one minute a day, do five minutes a day. So I would do five minutes a day with God. And I remember as a young kid just going, oh, how much time do you want? Five minutes, oh, this is forever. But fighting to quiet my mind, quiet my heart and just listen. And it's weird, I mean, you look weird. If people are to open the door and look at you, you kind of look weird. You know, you're trying to listen to this invisible being that you can't see. I'm giving time to this invisible being that I can't see, but I, over year after year after year, he's grown me. And that five minutes turned to 10 and then 30 minutes and an hour a day. You know, Daniel did three times a day, morning, evening, and night. And he worked in the government. <laughs> Jesus, he would always withdraw from the crowds. And he would um, say, I'm withdrawing from the crowds. I'm gonna go and be in the loan as he would go and be alone as he was in the habit of doing. So that was, I mean, it was happening a lot. He was withdrawing to the mountains. And I'm like, why does God need to talk with God? That's weird. What are you gonna talk about all night? You're God. You don't need to stop and talk to God. He's in, as an example for us. This is how humans should walk on this earth. Spending time with me every day. And so my, I have a prayer list that I started um, you know, over 24 years ago. And it just had three things on it. And now that prayer list is three pages. But where do I get my prayers from? Where do I get my prayers from? I get them from God's word. And that's where this meditate. And the reason I put meditate in there is because I did a lot of Bible study. I gained a lot of knowledge, but it was just information, informational knowledge. But when I would meditate on it, 
it would just ingrain itself in me over time. So I'm trying to see if anyone has had any slogans ingrained in their heads. So I'm going to say something and you try and finish it if you can finish it. Okay, have it your way. I'm going to say it again. Have it your way right away. All right, some people said, okay, no one. Okay, what about the one, uh, it should melt in your mouth? Okay, so you got that one. That's a bad, okay, forget the last illustration. That was bad. But you get my point. It's in there. How do you know? How can you just recall it like that? Do you know how many times you had to listen to that commercial? And I was convicted with the same thing with God. That's why I love uh, these verses. So devote yourself to prayer is the verse I think of and I pr- think about a lot when I think about praying. I'm not devoted. I was devoted to Legos, devoted to church attendance. I was devoted to pornography, but I wasn't devoted to prayer. And this next verse is a great verse. Both these verses are great to highlight. Colossians 4.2, devote yourself to prayer. Joshua 1.8. Now, I'm gonna read it. He says here in Joshua 1.8, study this book of instruction. Meditate on it Continually. All right, that's not Joshua 1.8. I was doing that from memory, but I couldn't fake you guys out. Okay, Joshua 1.8. There we go. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. It's hard to find a verse that talks about study and meditation together in God's word. But he says it here, this is God talking to Joshua. Now he's talking about Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. That was the book of instruction they had at that time. But now look at the book of instruction we have. And I love the way it says it there in the NLT because these laws, when we look at the word laws, it would always mess with my brain. Like these are not laws that the Congress and the Senate are passing. You know, uh, this is instructions from our God to, as a father to his children. My son, Study these book, this book of instruction. Meditate on it continually. Day and night. I always think, why night? Day's enough. I'm going to sleep. And so I have a journal I write. I have questions. God, why? I have a lot of questions. Like, I don't want to preach about anything unless God has really touched my heart with it. I don't want, it to just, just, I don't want this moment to be an informational transfer. Now I'm just transferring information to you like, yeah, 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 you know this. No, I don't. If I'm not living it, it's not passionately moving me. It's not truth to me yet. And that's my prayer, is that this truth would just powerfully move me. And I was going somewhere with that. Um, I don't have a brain injury. I'm better. I'm better. Okay, Lord, what'd you want to say? Oh, oh, night. Okay, this is huge. Listen. Why is it at night? Because I get up at 1 a.m. to go pee. And you know what happens after that? I'm up for an hour. You know that song? He loves us, oh, how he loves, right? I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I... Th-. You know what? I make time to maintain my regrets at 1 a.m. in the morning and 2 a.m. I got a lot. I don't know about you. When I think about, so it's that idea, I meditate so when I think about the way you love me, when I think about your truth, and I have all these verses on sleep that I have right by my bed, so when I get up, it's like an every night. I don't know if it's an over 40 thing. You get up, you go pee, you go to bed. So I have to find myself so I can meditate at night so I can go to sleep. I have a hard time going to sleep, thinking about the world, my mistakes. But I, I love this verse in Proverbs 4, there somewhere, but the verse says, Yahweh's words protect you as you sleep. 
I want to meditate day and night so that this is really becoming, so that I'm listening to God, his Holy Spirit every day. This is how I fight. I mark it on the calendar every day. Something's not important if it's not on my calendar. I got to get up. I got to go to work. I got to come up here and speak today. Like it's on my calendar. Same with meeting with God every week, every day. There's something about the days. You know, he said, I've made your life no longer than the width of your hand. Just look at your hand. You want to see a biblical length of your life? The creator says it right there. Your life is no longer than the width of your hand. Your entire lifetime is just a moment. At best, you're but a, at best you are but a breath. <laughs> Blow it and your, your life's done. And he's numbered our days. And I want to say that every one of these days, why do you say days, not weeks, not years? You ever wonder that? I have, it's in my journal. I haven't fully got an answer to that. But there's something about the days. He's numbered in days. He wants us to think of life in terms of days. And in this week, you had seven days. Were you having that time with the Lord alone with God in the secret, in the quiet place? You weren't there waiting for God. I don't know. That's me. I, I have, it wasn't waiting, but this is why we're supposed to do this every single day. This is how I'm fighting to do this. I'm encouraging you to do the same. Because I've realized after all these years of ministry that walking with God is not a common thing. Walking with God is not a common thing. Church attendance is, everyone come to church, yay! Serving is a very common thing, but walking with God is not a common thing. Even in my own life, as we served overseas as missionaries, there were days where I would just put this aside and I wouldn't, and no one else would not see it. The only person that didn't see me putting this aside was God. Everyone else sees me translating God's word, preaching another language, yada, yada, yada. But this, I was slowly, slowly dying inside when this is the number one thing I should be doing every day. And so that's what I wanted to share with you, like be encouraged to stay in the fight. Some of you are, some of you are not. Just try and do one minute a day. Just try, seriously, try and do one minute a day if you're not, and God will change your life. So that's what I'm doing. That's what we share with our, our tribal church over in Papua New Guinea. And so that's why I'm just gonna talk about what we did overseas um, in Papua New Guinea. There's this place we went, it's called Papua New Guinea. It's an island north of Australia. And when I was 18 years old, I left to go be trained. I met my wife and we went to this island together. Now there's a bunch of dots on the island. Who can tell me what those dots represent? Okay, so people groups, yes, what else? Different languages, okay? There's over 800 of them, 800 different languages. Well, what about the dialects, Tim? Yeah, there's over 2,000 dialects on top of that. Okay, we hit one of them. There's about 300 left and they need missionaries to go long-term for the 10, 15, 20 year deal where you don't just give them God's word and you have a bunch of sheep that know how to poop everywhere, but you're lay, staying there long enough to rise up leaders who can stay and disciple the next generation. And so we were able to reach one of those tribes called Yembi Yembi. Uh, this is our boys as they grew up there. We got to be their friends. And those are not cigarettes, they're lollipops. We learned their language, took us four years as a team just to learn their language, and then we gave them an alphabet. Uh, the sounds we were hearing were about a 19-letter alphabet, and then we put their language in writing for the first time. Taught them how to read, we had literacy classes, and then we started translating God's word so that when we stood up, we would be able to say, God has a message for you. And then after we pre preached the gospel, many believed. And so our family grew up there. So here's a picture of our family today. 
there's Elijah, he's 18 years old, Judah, he's 16, and Benjamin, who is 12. And we've been there the last 16 years in Papua New Guinea working. So our family grew, but God also grew his family. And this is a picture of our fam- uh, the church family. There it is, a picture of our church family. You guys have invested in a mutual fund. Don't know if you realize that. It's a spiritual mutual fund where you've been supporting us all these years. We've actually been supporting us 20 because we were going through the training. But now God has opened the eyes of 75 people to believe the gospel. And not only that, we have about 40 of those that are actually church members. And now we have this church there. And they're meeting, they met yesterday because they're a day ahead of us. But they're meeting every Sunday, and we're praying that that church will last for the next 100 years. God, by his grace through our team, we're able to give them the New Testament in their language. And so I'm going to give you a short video. It's a six-minute video. It starts from beginning to end of how God planted his church in Yembe
Amen. God did that through us. I wanted to show this last picture of our four leaders. They are there right now leading the church. And I'm gonna make a statement and I'm gonna explain that. After 16 years of ministry, this is all we have. And when I say that, I mean we have, we have leaders who are growing in to become seasoned shepherds. We have a lot of sheep, but he didn't call us just to make disciples or preach the gospel. The making disciples part is what takes many, many years. People ask me, what's it like to uh, plant a church? And I said, imagine a Celebrate Recovery group. Do you guys know what that is? Celebrate Recovery, right? There's been addictions, there's been death, there's been loss, there's PTSD. Every single one of our people in the village has seen something of that nature, been in part of that nature. Imagine taking that group and saying, okay, we're gonna pull pastors and elders, deacons out of there. How long is that gonna take? Not only that, they've been in connected with the spirit world for years, contacting them. And it just has taken a long time. So that's why we're going back for three more years. And at that point, it will have been 20 years for us um, overseas. The guys that you see there asked me to put their picture with us on the bookmark. If you wanna get a bookmark, it's out there in the lobby. Uh, but they said, man, have those guys that are prayer warriors with white hair pray for us. And that's a way of saying, like a veteran of prayer, a white, because uh, we're just babies with diapers on learning how to do this, and we want to do it well like you guys. And I said it in the beginning, I've seen that walking with God is not a common thing. And so we've seen these four guys, they have been focused on this fight every day. We've gone through over 40 disciples, and that's why I wanted to preach on this today, because this is the thing that sets everyone else apart. Everyone can come and give a smile on your face, say, hey, bless you. But they don't have this time with the Lord every day, and so they're dying inside. And that's, that, that's been me at times. So I'm listening to this even last night. I woke up at 1 a.m. I practiced this message yesterday, and I was trying to apply this even this morning at 1 in the morning. This is a daily fight to the death for every single one of us so that we can be preaching the gospel making disciples, doing the ministry. This is the core. We're doing it there in Yembe Yembe. We're gonna be there for three more years in hopes that God will add more leaders to this group of guys that you see there. And that's the prayer. And I wanted just to encourage you to stay in the fight. Today's the fight. Tomorrow's the fight. I don't know how many days left. Make sure every day that we're each fighting that fight. I just wanna encourage you to stay in it. I'm doing it with you. Thanks for listening. That's the message for today.